settle into Paddo down near the tip at the low end of Elizabeth Street. For the genteel urchins who roamed the streets, this was irresistible. Parents would rumble on about two-up schools, police raids and the like, so we all knew that Tomo's game was a big challenge for little would-be stirrers. On one occasion, in a youthful commando operation, We did a reconnaissance and spotted several layabout youths standing around smoking capstans and acting as cockatoos for the game. Hiding just around a nearby corner, we shrieked in unison, Coppers! and watched, most gratified, as the cockatoos took up the cry and the gamblers went flying in all directions. We kids had the good sense to, as the cops would say, decamp in a northerly direction. We might have got a decent clout over the ears if we'd been caught. My primary school in those days was a little parochial school attached to the church and called by the same name, St. Francis Paddington. In the lower grades, it was a co-educational school run by the Sisters of Charity. In the upper primary school grades, we were segregated into separate boys' and girls' classes, with the nuns teaching the girls and the Christian brothers teaching the boys. I did really well academically at primary school, principally because I learned to read very early, and was devouring newspapers by the time I was eight. Mum was the principal influence in this regard. I have a vivid memory of talking to her about the Hungarian Revolution in 1956, discussing and debating newspaper articles on the subject. Our school may not at that time have been multicultural, but it sure was multi-ethnic. Our classes were a fair old mixture of Anglo-Celtic, Southern European and Eastern European background kids, with the discipline being tough and the learning very much by rote. The nuns were enormously holy, and as I now know, somewhat unworldly. But they were absolutely disciplined and dedicated, both to their religion and their responsibility for us kids. My first football coach in the St. Francis Paddington under-8s rugby league team was a nun who, while training us at Centennial Park in full habit, used to hitch up her ankle-length robes and fly along beside us, exhorting us as we manfully tried to catch, kick, run and pass. She was also the woman who taught us a somewhat distorted version of a well-known rugby league adage, her version being, they can't run without their heads. The pub opposite our house was always very interesting, especially on evenings late in the week when the crowd got a bit rambunctious. There was a public bar, which in those days was men only, and a ladies' parlour exclusively for women. I suspect that most of the ladies who went there had their menfolk in the public bar. It was not uncommon to see local ladies go in with a paper bag full of unshelled peas and other veggies needing preparation, and the saucepan, in which to place the vegetables after they'd been prepared. It seemed that the public bar was crowded most of the time, and there were a few stalwarts in the ladies' parlour who were often there till closing time. I know all this because my bedroom was at the front of the house and my window overlooked the street. As I got a little older, I would set myself up at the window to watch the excitement across the road. Most nights at closing time, They would simply be drunk saying endless farewells to each other, and some colourful and ribald language, but occasionally there would be a ding-dong roll-gold stoush right there in the street, 
with an instant crowd shouting either admonishment or encouragement. On one celebrated occasion, two women from the ladies' parlour staged a knock-down, drag-out battle which would have rated highly overall for energy, if not skill, and which left nothing out in the area of colourful language. It was unusual to see the paddy wagon, known by us as the trawler, attend any of these closing-time escapades. In fact, it was altogether unusual to see the cops around the streets. I'm sure they would attend a real emergency, but at no stage did they anticipate that this daily rough-and-tumble would ever seriously challenge peace and harmony in Paddington's streets. However, there was one memorable occasion when a woman, who'd had a great deal to drink, was causing a nuisance at the pub, and the publican apparently called the Paddington police station for assistance. Whoever was in charge...